Do you uh, all know that you have something called finitude? Isn't that, so this is all really, if this is news to you, then you should be really excited because you, you've got something new that you get to go home and tell people, hey, I've got finitude. We all have finitude. Actually, um, by all accounts, you are all finite, as am I, so don't worry, I'm not putting myself up on this lofty pedestal. We are all finite. We have finitude or finiteness. We own this finiteness. Isn't that really cool? How many of you guys knew that you were finite? Yeah? Okay, this is news to some. This is great. So if you didn't know that you were finite or what finite means, it simply means that you are not complete. You are, you are sort of limited in who you are. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. You see, some of you guys are going to be sitting here going, well, I've been uh, familiar with my finite, finite, finiteness for a very long time. For as long as I can remember, I've been confronted with my limits. It's like they face me in a mirror constantly. And sometimes we feel like that, that mirror actually follows us around and is constantly there pointing out our limits. Or for some of you, you want to call them your, your failures. Proverbs reminds us that there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And for some of us, it it, it seems like our finiteness, our finitude, sticks even closer than that. Uh, You're familiar with the passage from Psalm 139. Where shall I go from my limits? Or where shall I flee from my weaknesses? If I work diligently in the night, you are there. If I wake early before others, you are there. If I give all I have and do all I can and make every possible effort, even there you find me. Oh, my limits. Okay, that's actually not from Psalm 139, if you were wondering. Um, but it sure feels like that, doesn't it? We, 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 we talk about how we, we want to bask in the presence of the Lord. And we know that what was just read is true about the presence of the Lord. We can't hide from his presence wherever we go. He is there. But for some of us, we often take that idea of the presence of the Lord and repl- replace it with our own Weaknesses and our own failures. Finiteness, of course, really kind of touches a whole bunch of different areas and and strikes a few different chords. You you may get tired more quickly than others. And and at the end of the day, uh, worry about what didn't get done because of your weakness. You may have a hard time falling asleep or for some staying asleep. Or there's an opportunity, if there's an opportunity present before you to get sick, then your body just seems to say, hey, I'll do it. Maybe you're battling chronic illness or persistent pain over years, or for some, maybe even decades. Or you're called to some difficult relationship that always seems to demand more than what you feel you can give. It's part of the mystery and brilliance of humanity. These, these creatures that, that, that can harness electricity. They can transplant a heart. They can, they can visit the moon. If you believe that happened. <laughs> oh 
and yet we still need to take naps and we get sick. Whatever limits you, you can probably walk outside and see something of yourself in a tiny blade of grass. The grass that, that, that you walk on that stands beneath your feet. In fact, in Psalm 103, verses 15 through 16, it talks about these very blades of grass. It says, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone. And its place knows it no more. If you, you follow this grassy trail through scripture, you will realize that our finiteness isn't the accident it seems to be. Or at least feels like it is in the moment. If you can believe it, it's actually a feature of who you are. Notice, even before the fall of man, before our need for redemption, God made us unavoidably limited. And now, after the fall, he uses our finiteness to draw us back to him. See, from the beginning, humans are finite to maximize, not minimize, what humans are made to be and do. Many of us think that our finiteness, our limitedness, is actually a curse. When in reality, it is what is meant to draw us closer to a dependence on our Heavenly Father. You see, our limits can even glorify the living God. You see... When, when, when we explore our finiteness and we understand that our finiteness is intentional and purposeful because God brings it up again and again in the Bible, it begins to sink into us that, hey, we can actually use our limits for his glory. You see, this, this message does repeat itself quite often. And, and, and so we're going to follow some of these. Uh, he often, as the Lord does, he likes to play on certain words so that it kind of sinks deeper into our brains and we can have a better image and understanding uh, of some of this. So he plays on this grass image quite a bit. And actually on the way here, just as a side note, um, my wife was being really nosy and she wanted to know what my message was about. And so I just said, it's about grass. And she's like, oh, Mike, I just wanted to help you with your kids feature. It's about grass. Um, it says in Isaiah 40, verses 6 and 7, All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the fields. The grass withers, the flowers fade, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. As I was thinking about what to share with you uh, this Sunday, I was driving out to attend my parents' place in Three Hills. Their yard, where they live on a farm, has been without rain for what appears to be several weeks. Some would maybe say that they are in a drought state. And as I drove into their yard, I could see the withering and the frailness of their grass. And, and, and I began learning and remembering something about myself. I am, yeah, don't even try to go where my brain is at. 
all flesh is grass, even mine and my short spring that I have here on this planet that's going to turn into a summer and will soon turn into winter is going to one day have to give an account before an almighty God. But I don't have to worry that, 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 that I am considered to be as frail as I am. Because as we dive into Psalm 103, we're actually going to take a look at the extreme importance of me recognizing my own frailty and finiteness. See, God gives us several metaphors in Scripture, and it goes beyond grass, which he's really good because some of us can't really attach ourselves to grass, and some of you may be allergic. So he gives us the metaphor uh, of dust. In Psalm 103, 14, he says, He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Man was formed from dust, and we must all return to dust. And in between, we are all small, brief, and brittle, like dust. Dust from dust to dust. At, at this point, you're all sitting there looking at me going, all right, you've, you've called me grass, and now you're calling me dust. This hasn't been really positive. But, but if, if you'll hang with me, I, I want you to understand the importance of you remembering that's your grass and dust. In Ecclesia or Genesis 3:19 and Ecclesiastes 3 verses 2, they kind of say the same thing, but in Genesis 3:19 it says, "By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it if you were or sorry, for out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return." Like grass or dust, or even the Lord uses the idea of a drop of water. In Isaiah 40, 40, 15, he says, Behold, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. You see, we were meant to feel this way. If you want, you can look at me up here standing before you as a five foot nine inch blade of grass. I'm a very thick blade of grass, but a blade of grass nonetheless. If you feel a discomfort with your finiteness, don't worry, you're not alone. Our culture has been trying to convince us that our brokenness is what makes us so unique and special and we should embrace it. But God wants us to know that it's our brokenness our finiteness that makes us so special to him to bring us to who he is. See, the more I walk in this field of Psalm 103, in particular, as for man, his days are like grass, the more I realize the finiteness that weaves its way through the whole psalm. See, these, there, these, these, uh, these have been some of my favorite verses to pray as I go through the Bible. Just listen to Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Those are such good verses, aren't they? Bless the Lord, O my soul. I've long loved these verses for rehearsing the heights and wits and the depths of God's power and love. But as I was going through and doing some study in this, this psalm, I really recently realized that these more talk about a vulnerability and humanity's finiteness. You go, okay, this seems to be a stretch, and so let me explain to you how. These are prayers of people who have, who have become acquainted with sickness. If you read it, who heals your diseases. Or these are prayers from people who are in desperate situations. For he reads, who redeems your life from the pit. These are, are prayers from people who are wrestling with weakness, who renews your youth, or people who are weighed down by sin, who forgives all your iniquity. In, in, in the very next verse, in verse 6, it, it comes to a group of people who are crying out a prayer for those who have been wronged and wounded. For he says, who works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. In, in just a handful of lines, in Psalm 103, we can each find someone who relates to our finiteness. We can find a cry for whatever fragile moments we've experienced. But at the very heart of it, we also find a God ready to meet and bless us in our particular limits and weaknesses. You see, if we let it, finiteness will really help us live happier, more fully human lives. Because in our finiteness, we get to view the infinite. But only if we see through the grass and the dust and the shadows and the drops of water. If we follow Psalm 103 through the field, as for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower in the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more but. Now, we'll learn where the good path of, of finiteness finally leads all of our weaknesses all of our sickness all of our frustrations and disappointments has been leading us to and through this very sentence psalm 103 verse 17 but the steadfast love of the lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenants and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established, established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. You see, finiteness exists to lead us to the infinite. God never grows weak or tired. 
He never needs help. He never sins. He never feels stuck or desperate. He never needs to sleep or take a nap. Unlike us, he's not like grass. If all the nations are a drop in the bucket, his kingdom is the ocean. So as we come up against our limits again and again, whenever we feel our dustness more acutely, if we feel that today or tomorrow or in a year, we're meant to see and feel these things so that we understand his limitlessness. There's no ceiling to his ability. There's no rain on his power. There's no vulnerability in his plan. No exhausting his mercy. The grassiness of our short, complicated, confusing, often discouraging lives should lead us to the iron throne of love. Every limit and weakness that sets us apart from God can actually help us savor more of him. I love that. Being himself infinite, you might think that God would have a hard time relating to finite creatures like us, but he doesn't. In his infiniteness, he finds the heart to father the weak and the flawed. To love us as if we were his own children. To love us more than our earthly fathers could. We understand that from Luke 11. But in Psalm 103, it says, As a father shows compassion to his children, so the father shows compassion to those who fear him, for he knows our frame. That frame that earlier he referred to as, or sorry, the frame that he refers to now as a frame of dust. We know our frame. We understand who we are. And in this frailty, most of us grumble and are in despair. My body is going to fail. It will. It's failing already. My wife was just commenting that I'm going bald. It's been happening for a while. And that's okay. Because I'm not built for here. I mean, this is built for here, but the, the who I am is not built for here. I meant for so much more. And so are you. This, this, this husk, this shell, whatever it is that you're thinking of, who you are here on this planet, you're here to glorify the almighty, infinite God, and you can do that even in your finiteness. Because you get to look at who you are and say, God, I just need you. I need your grace and your mercy. I need your tender-hearted love and compassion. I just need you. Because you're enough. You're take, you can take this finite being and you've made it so that it gets to spend an eternity with you in heaven. And for that, I cannot do any of it on my own. I need you. God knows our frame even more than we know it ourselves. And yet, instead of complaining about us or rejecting us, he draws us close to strengthen and help us. 
In Christ, his power is made perfect in our weakness. He approaches our frailty with a heart of a devoted, devoted father, not a ruthless manager. If we fear and follow him, the limits we're tempted to despair about ourselves stir and inflame the coals of his compassion. And he not only knows our frame, but he sent his son to bear our frame. Our God can sympathize with finiteness. Jesus lived a short, physically demanding, relationally trying, tempted, battling life. He slept and dealt with sicknesses. He even died. And then he rose to give your grass-like life a throne-like weight of glory. So if you're feeling like grass today, then let that feeling point you up and away from your frustration and insecurities to the God who knows your finiteness, planned your finiteness, lived your finiteness, and has redeemed your finiteness. To God be the power and the honor and the glory forevermore. Amen? Let's go live like people who want to believe that. And take this brokenness, turn it over to God Almighty, and let him use it for his glory. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and praise you for all that you are. God, we understand that, that we are frail and we're broken. And, and not, not this emotional type of brokenness. We just, we're, we're, we're limited. And Lord, you are not. And so, Lord, we, we take the, this, this, this limitation that we have in us and, and we allow those limitations to point ourselves to you, the all-sufficient, almighty, sovereign God of the universe. Thank you. Thank you for our weaknesses. Because in those weaknesses, you are revealed. And in those weaknesses, we become strong in you. So Lord, uh, for those who are, are, are walking in, in their own finiteness right now, walking in their own weaknesses, uh, may they take this time to reflect on how good you are in their lives and turn those finitenesses and those weaknesses and those limitations over to you and give you praise for them. Lord, reveal yourself to us in a new and exciting way this day. May your kingdom be increased because of what takes place in our lives. We give you all honor and glory and praise. We pray this in your son's name, the wonderful and holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.